Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, what is up, Faithful? Today is a great day because we officially have trading camp. Now, (laughs) the way that's going to look is going to be very, very different as we detailed a lot. But I wanted to get on because there's a lot of movement. You know, we just got finished with the very first Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch press conference, which if you haven't watched that yet, I recommend you go watch that, whether after this or whatever. Uh, But we're going to talk about a couple things that they brought up. But there's also a huge signing. Um, I say huge Jordan Reed, longtime tight end. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan drafted him in the third round back in 2013 with the Redskins. We're going to talk about that. They signed him to a one year deal to come in and compete for the number two tight end spot. And so we're going to break down that. We're going to go over some of the, you know, COVID-19 updates for the league. We've got a little bit of movement in the negotiations there with the opt out time period. Um, and then also just a lot of players. It's been a little bit of movement with, you know, injured players like Richie James, DJ Reed, things like that. Updating you on players, you know, the 80 man roster, all those things. And then once, we get through all that we're going to go over some of the defensive training camp battles so uh, we've got a big episode a long episode but that's okay uh we, we can talk football that's what we're here for so shout out to the countdown crew i'm seeing a lot of people showing up early i love it man thank you zach uh every third stroke brandon uh nick david man that's awesome love it hashtag cc i'm currently in the works trying to get some more giveaways to you guys so just keep showing up for that countdown crew we're always giving stuff away. And as always, if you have any questions whatsoever, please do not hesitate to put those out there, whether you are in Hot Mike, uh, Marco, I see you there, Jason, Nicholas, appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for being part of the Countdown crew. Again, uh, whether that's YouTube, Hot Mike, wherever, it doesn't matter. We want you here. It's time to talk some football. And I think the most pertinent news moving forward as we go through this is John Lynch. You know, Kyle Shanahan gets his six-year deal done. And that gets worked up. But then there, it was kind of silent on John Lynch's whole thing. And, you know, there's been some, I say, prominent NFL news guys that have talked about the issue between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And that just doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. And sure enough, John Lynch gets his deal done just a few short weeks after Kyle Shanahan. And that's kind of what happens. You look at Minnesota. They just did the exact same thing. They extend their head coach, Zimmer. Then they wait a few weeks. Then they get their GM, Spielman. Um, This is the way things are done. And unfortunately, whenever we're in down news times, there's not a lot going on. People got to work. And that's the same that's true for journalists or podcasters or news media guys. They got to create stories. Uh, You know, there's lots of 49ers guys that like to just create stories out of thin air. That's just the way it goes. But once you hear those same voices, okay, uh, obviously not throwing out no names or anything, but whenever you hear these big voices that are constantly just throwing out negative, fabricated stories, Mute that account. Uh, I don't. I like following them. 
because I understand what they're doing and it cracks me up. But don't allow those same people over and over and over again to make you feel triggered over something that's not there. So if you're a fan that struggles with negative information, just unfollow those accounts. You don't have to be doing with anything. And the good news is this. You know, we have our head coach locked up for another six years and our GM for another five years. That is stability in the NFL, uh, which a lot of teams do not have. Usually you get about five to six new coaches each year. There's only 32 teams. And so whenever you divide it up that way, I mean, you're talking 20% turnover rate. And the fact that, you know, this is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's fourth year. And Kyle Shanahan even talked about this in his press conference and in his last podcast with Chris Sims. He has never lived in one place for longer than four years his entire life. That's what it means to be a coach's son. And so you go back with Mike Shanahan bouncing around and all those times to moving off to college. Then, you know, once Kyle Shanahan got into the NFL with Tampa Bay and Houston and Washington and Atlanta and now the 49ers, this will be the longest stint that Kyle Shanahan has had in his entire life at one place. And so it just goes to show you the way the environment that's set up in the NFL and just coaching in general. I saw this, you know, high school coaching. I was lucky to stay at one place for my entire, you know, coaching tenure. I was lucky. <laughs> it, it was like a 45%, if not 50% turnover rate every year. It's just what it goes. And so it's part of the business, whether you're a player or not. And we're going to get into some of these things because. You know, with the COVID-19 and just the different issues and areas that this brings up for each player who has a unique circumstance, family atmosphere, you know, you look at injury history or medical history, more importantly, you look at the Patriots who now have eight players opted out, league high, 49ers don't have anybody that have opted out. And so you have these different cultures and different situations, it's quite interesting, um, now, I will say this before I move forward. If somebody does opt out that is on the 49ers, do not be one of the terrible human beings that charge them up. <laughs> That's not your job. Uh, you could be upset, and it could suck, but people have to look out for their own. That's just the way it is. you know. And if you haven't read you know, Marquise Goodwin, who's no longer a 49er, you know, he opted out. Family fought through three miscarriages. They finally have a healthy baby. Why put that on question now, um, you know, with all the hell that they have been through? And, you know, you see a lot of, you know, Twitter accounts giving them flack and stuff like that. That's awful. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Hell of a job by Marquise Goodwin. I support him. And, you know, it happened right after we traded him, uh, which we, we still got the, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, we still get the draft compensation. That's where we moved up in the sixth round to get Charlie Warner. So it's not like we have to give him back or anything. Um, so. Here we go. Let's talk just a little bit about George Kittle before we get to Jordan Reed. So we're getting a little bit of conflicting reports. Um, and this is interesting because Kyle Shanahan, I'm sorry, John Lynch was on the radio with KNBR. And he talked about how the two sides are close and they're working diligently and all these things. So that happens and that everybody's like, oh, the deal's happening. The deal's happening. Well, right after that, you get Ian Rappaport. And Silver, Mike Silver of NFL Network, come out and say, no, they're not close. And so what I think happened is, you know, John Lynch put a positive message out there. And then George Kittle's representation, his agent, you always have to, div to divide George Kittle away from these contract talks. George Kittle's not taking part in these contract talks. You hire an agent to go get the best deal for you. That's the way it works. This isn't a George Kittle thing. Now, the agent reaches out and says, hey, we're actually really far apart. So the numbers that have kind of floated out there are the 49ers are in that 12 to $13 million range, and George Kittle and his agent are basically saying this, we don't care about tight ends. <laughs> That's We're not looking for a new tight end deal. We are looking for an impressive player deal. Uh, George Kittle just got voted number seven overall on the NFL top 100 and man you know I redid my own top NFL 100 and I had him sixth so just to let you know kind of where he fits um, on that now 
again, I think that the deal is going to come in right around 14, 14.5, but I think the guarantees need to shoot up as much as possible. But, uh, you know, some of the promising things, George Kittle 1 reported to training camp today, which finally opened. I'm going to get through kind of all the different things that they're going through. But uh, not only did it get started, George Kittle showed up, which is great news. And also, he had one-on-one meetings with both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. So look across the NFL, and this is not a new thing. Players holding out, players going public, all those things. You know, uh, George Kittle was asked on Matt Mayoko's uh, podcast, and if he was going to hold out, and he said, I'm a captain, and captains need to be there and set a positive example, he's showing up. Uh, Kittle's been so active this offseason through workouts and all these things. He is the quintessential 49ers player. I think it's him and Nick Bosa. You want to throw Jimmy Graham in there? or Oh, my gosh. Jimmy Garoppolo. Apologize. Uh, that, that was awful. Uh, please make fun of me in the comments on that one. But excited to have him. It's just got to get done. It's got to get done. Um, hopefully it doesn't wait too much longer. I think now that they set the floor for the salary cap in 2021, they know the parameters they can work with. So we'll have to see what happens. But they did move forward, and Kyle Shanahan flirted all offseason with other tight ends because he wants something else. And a lot it was Delaney Walker, it was Jordan Reed, all these different players, and they finally went with Jordan Reed, which any single time Kyle Shanahan has a choice to make on personnel, he's 100% going to go with a player who has played with him before. And we find that in Jordan Reed. You know, Jordan Reed came out in 2013, and he was drafted in the third round while Kyle Shanahan was there out of Florida. And Jordan Reed's been great. The issue is, and the only reason why he is still available, it's concussions. You know, he's 30 years old. He's definitely in his prime, so to speak, but he hasn't he didn't play in 2019. He had a terrible concussion in training camp, and that just wiped him out for the whole year. You look back, he has seven concussions that we know of that have been reported on in the NFL. And so a huge injury risk. There's no doubt about that. You look back at his career, he's never started more than eight games. This is a guy that went to the Pro Bowl. (laughs) He's got double-digit season on his books. He had 11 touchdowns, and he only started eight games. He is a receiving threat, the definition of a move tight end, and he's one of those guys you get the ball in his hand, he's going to make things happen. Great reception, great routes, amazing after the catch. Kyle Shanahan loves those types of guys. Problem is health. You know, they asked Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, man, tell us about this and the concussions and the history. And, you know, for John Lynch, what he said is the risk is worth it with the potential reward. And the reason why he was still available is because of these concussions. Now, he is not going to be a starter for us. He is going to compete for that two spot. And my guess is you basically piece together two tight ends to make this work. You know, Roz Dwelly is your mini Kittle that's the backup for everything. Okay, so if things go wrong, Roz Dwelly would be, you know, one of the guys. If Kittle goes down, if Kyle Juszczyk goes down, whatever. He just, he kind of, he's a Band-Aid. He's a poor man's version of all those things. But they don't see him as a starter. You know, you go back to Roz Dwelly and the playoff run and all the Super Bowl, he didn't get snaps. He didn't get snaps. He is a fill-in. He is a backup, which is very, very important. What Kyle Shanahan wants to do is take Charlie Warner, who is an exceptional run-blocking, pass-blocking tight end, move tight end piece, and pair him with Jordan uh, Reed, who is the exact opposite. They complement each other perfectly. And so, you know, if you want blocking, you put in uh, Charlie Warner. If you want receptions, you put in Jordan Reed. You've got that. So it gives them a little bit of flexibility. Um, And the fact that, you know, I think if I step back and, you know, this question was asked on Twitter. I forgot who asked it. So apologies there. Man, why would Jordan Reed do this deal? We don't know the contract terms. We know it's a one-year deal. We don't know how much, probably not much more than the vet minimum, and it's probably going to have a lot of game um, incentive bonuses because he just hasn't played. Why would he play? Well, personally, uh, it's different for everyone, but the issue is this. This is a perfect situation for Jordan Reed because the 49ers don't have to ask him to do much. He's not a guy that's going to start. He's a guy that's going to get 20 to 25 snaps a game tops. You keep him fresh. 
You don't keep him in there banging around, and you just get him the ball in the open field and let him do what he does best. So I'm not saying Jordan Reed should be playing. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if Jordan Reed was going to play, there is not a better situation in the NFL than with the 49ers and what they're going to ask him to do. They're not going to ask him to take on defensive ends one-on-one. They're not going to ask him to do that stuff. He's not going to be on special teams. He's going to be on the bench, and he's going to come in whenever they want two tight end sets and two receiving options from the tight end position. That is what this is going to mean. So uh, I think that this is a signing that did make the 49ers better. Can you expect a lot from him? No. But guess what? You don't have to do that because you already had five tight ends on the roster. So if Jordan Reed doesn't play one snap, the 49ers are just fine. If Jordan Reed does get in and gets you know action in five to six games, that's great. Anything after that is going to be gravy. So uh, don't look at this as it's not Kittle insurance if they don't sign him. That's ridiculous. I know some people are going to say that. That's wrong. That's not what this is, okay? This is trying to get to that number. And Kyle Shanahan said you always want six tight ends because we use multiple tight ends uh, in so many packages. This is just, guess what? The number two receiving tight end on the 49ers is now Jordan Reed. That's what it is. And so he's a guy that's going to help with the passing game. And, you know, he's a potential big threat. You know, one of my favorite things about Jordan Reed is if you watch his film, you could tell he played basketball. Because when he catches the ball, he does crossover moves, just like with basketball. He's a juker. He's not like Kittle where he runs over you. He is much more finesse, much more shifty. And he'll catch the ball. And again, like, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube or Hot Mike, he literally does a crossover as he approaches the person for contact, the secondary member. It's great. It's an actual basketball crossover move that he does with the football. Now, he doesn't, you know, (laughs) triple it between his legs or anything along those, but that's what that is. So excited. Welcome to the faithful. Excited to root for this kid. I just hope he stays healthy as everybody else does. You never want anybody to get hurt, not even Tom Brady, which uh, if he did get hurt, I would be upset, uh, but maybe less so upset if Tom Brady got hurt than other people, but that's just me. I'll throw that out there for whatever. Now, let's pause and let's go now to COVID, okay, because COVID's affected every single team. It's affected the NFL. Our country's been hit. We got it. Okay. So positives. Uh, These are the people that have either one tested positive or been around somebody who has tested positive. Richie James and Jeff Wilson Jr. Those are the only two 49ers that are on the COVID-19 reserve list. Now, Richie got moved today from the COVID list to the NFI because of his hand. So that means he has cleared the protocol. Now, just because somebody's on the COVID list doesn't mean they tested positive. It means somebody around them has tested positive. Uh, the NFLPA put out a thing, and they agreed with the NFL. We're not going to release release who has tested positive. The only way to find out is you know players that come out and just say, "Yeah, I tested positive." Uh, I think Lane Johnson was one of them. I forget who the other one was, but that's up to the player. So Richie James, Jeff Wilson. Now Jeff Wilson is the only one on the COVID reserve list. Richie James moved from COVID to NFI. NFI means non-football injury. Even though he got hurt practicing football, if you get hurt away from a sanctioned NFL practice, which he was just at a get-together out in Nashville or whatever, so that's a non-football injury. Same thing with Debo. He's on the NFI. Even though it happened during football, it didn't happen in a sanctioned NFL practice. So that's where he's at. Um, DJ Reed, who tore his pec, he has been moved to the reserve NFI, which ends his season. So there's the NFI, then the reserve NFI. DJ Reed is not able to play a snap in the 2019 season for the four, or 2020 season for the 49ers. So his season is over. Um, now, opt outs. I want to talk about this a little bit because as of so far, Nobody has opted out for the 49ers, and that's great news. You got to be happy about that, but that could change. Now, here's there's lots of issues with this opt-out time period. First, it was supposed to be seven days after people reported for camp, Okay, which would have been Wednesday. Uh, it should have been close to today, August 3rd. The problem was the NFL and the NFLPA couldn't agree. They still haven't agreed. As of recording this podcast, still haven't agreed on when that is. Now, preliminary agreement has taken place that they are hoping it's Thursday or Friday this week. But again, that's not been finalized yet. 
So just because nobody has opted out yet for the 49ers doesn't mean they won't. But I feel like we have to be prepared for this because it's going to happen. I, I hate to say that. Every team is going to have somebody, once we get close to that deadline, opt out. Now, there's a lot of salary cap implications of the opt-out, and I think we need to understand it because with the current situation, the 49ers are winning the COVID battle by a lot. Now, if a player opts out, what happens is their contract tolls, okay? You basically get 150 grand, and you just push your deal back, okay? So let's say John Chapman, um, I'm in my last year of my deal, and I'm getting $5 million up front, okay? That's this year. I'm just getting $5 million. The last year of my deal. A team could be prepared to move on from that player. You know, whether that's Tevin Coleman, um, whether that's, you know, Akella Witherspoon, whatever. But whenever John Chapman opts out, my deal now gets pushed to 2021. That $5 million minus the 150000 gets pushed to 2021. The exact same parameters that it's under now, it just gets pushed forward. So this is going to cause some major issues for a lot of teams because they have been move, moving forward with a plan. You know, John Lynch was asked about this today. He said, you know, before the salary cap and before COVID and all these adjustments took place, our whole idea was to build a sustainable roster for success. Well, <laughs> some of those plans have gone out the window. Now, the 49ers are very, very lucky because they're returning defensive coordinator, head coach, GM, you know, almost every single starter minus three. And so, you know, the retention rate has been huge. But a lot of teams are not so lucky. You know, you look at teams like the Giants who lose Nate Soldier. You look at the Jets who lost C.J. Mosley and traded away uh, Jamal Adams. <coughs> Excuse me. Some teams are going to struggle. Because those are some huge contracts pushed into the future. In an already terrible year, 2021, because the floor has been moved down to 175, that's problematic. So, you know, it's come out, whoever manages this well is going to be successful for a long time. The Kittle deal, you know, a lot of other deals, that causes problems. So the 49ers are very lucky right now, but I guarantee you this. I hate to say this. Somebody will opt out for the 49ers. It's going to happen. They all have kids, things like that. It's, it's just deep breath and relax. The 49ers have the deepest roster in the NFL, them and the Saints, and I don't think it's close after them too. Um, so it, this benefits the 49ers tremendously. Now, here's the deal. This came out from Matt Barrows, one of my favorite 49ers writers. Here's what he said. Every single player has taken their physicals. And no additional players replacing the pup, et cetera, today. And this is great news because moving into training camp, guess what? These players who we thought, you know, injury designations, all this stuff, fully cleared. Jarek McKinnon, finally. <laughs> Cross my fingers, baby. Jarek McKinnon, finally, completely cleared. He's not on the uh, active pup. He is ready to go full go. Jalen Hurd broke his back. I'm the Jalen Hurd freaking train engineer. Choo-choo, baby. And I am so excited. He's fully cleared. Broken back. Missed all that time. He seems to be doing very well. Trent Taylor, right? Five surgeries. He's good to go. Jason Verrett. That's, we need Jason Verrett now because you just lost DJ Reed. He's a depth piece with a lot of playing time. Yeah, we only saw him for four plays last year, and he got burned back-to-back -back times. But now he's healthy. He's fought back. Build up that confidence. You need that depth. DJ Jones. We weren't sure how soon he was going to be back. Fully cleared. Sean Coleman. This guy's been a 49er forever. We've never seen him. Talk about depth at the tackle position. We have more than we know what to do with. Uh, not to mention, you, know, you got your starters, obviously, right? With Trent, um, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. But then, after that... You got Justin School, who's got starting experience. You got Daniel Brunskill, who's got starting experience. You trade Matt Breida for a fifth, then you go get McKivitz. He's got experience. Sean Coleman's got experience. You've got so many guys that you can plug in at the tackle position. I would not be surprised if we're going to see a trade for some more draft capital in the future because there's just way too much depth there. Now, you want to make it through camp with your depth because you could lose players to COVID, injury, whatever else. But the 49ers' depth is crazy. And then, of course, Tim Harris, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later today. I could not be higher on Tim Harris's ceiling, the cornerback from Virginia who we got in the seventh round last year who didn't play, but 
dealt with his injury. He is back. He is looking good. Sherman's been hyping him up a lot. Um, so here we go. As of today, you know, we're recording this at 3.09 Pacific time Monday. The 49ers currently have their 80 players, which is very important. You had to cut to 80 because if you have more than that, you don't get to meet in one position. You had to do a 45 squad and a 45 squad, but they're at 80. Kyle Shanahan even talked about how they had a full team meeting today outside in the stadium. So they've had to adjust everything that they've been doing, um, but it's all good now. So here's what's next for training camp and what's going on. The acclimation period begins um, today and goes through August 11th. So you're talking about eight days, okay? And so what basically what that means is only strength and conditioning work in a 60-minute walkthrough practice. That's it, okay? So the first four days, again, strength and conditioning, making sure players get in shape, that, you know, hamstrings aren't going to be popped, Achilles aren't going to be popped, rolling ankles, all that kind of stuff, whatever else. Then a 60-minute walkthrough to install. That's it for four days. Then after that, 75-minute walkthroughs on the last four days. So that's what's taking place over the next eight days. So now one thing that we have to understand, um, one of the things we have to understand, this is going to be, we're not going to be getting videos. There's no fans. There's no sports writers there. There's no broadcasters. So training camp's going to be rough. Um, I'm hoping the 49ers do something with some video that they allow. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying my hardest to keep my ear to the ground to figure out the best that I can to relay that to you guys. But this year's going to be a challenge. It's just going to be difficult. Um, now, another interesting note, and this was in Peter King's article. He doesn't think, you know, the 49ers asked and requested. It, it, the NFL is much harder for West Coast teams, period, just because of the traveling and the time zones and early kickoffs, all those things. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch asked the NFL, several West Coast teams do this, Please schedule our games back to back if we have East Coast games. And the forty in the NFL did this. You know, we have the Jets and the Giants back to back week two and three. Well, the whole plan was it just saves you. You go out there one trip, you stay for two weeks, you come back. Well, the entire Eastern Seaborg is basically making that non-reality. You can't do that. They're saying we don't want you here <laughs> staying in our hotels and going to our restaurants. Come play your game, go back. Uh, which is a bummer. So we'll have to see what's happening there with that because that could cause some problems. You know, it's just a constant adjustment. You can plan things out, but COVID has no plans. And so if there's problems there, there's just problems there. It's what it is. Now, what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into a recap from last year and defense, defensive ranks from last year. Then we're going to go through some position battles. But before we do that, a real quick word from our sponsor. All right, have you ever heard of DillDash.com? This is a new sponsor, really excited about it. It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect. Um, and the best part about it, it's at a price that you wouldn't believe. Here's how it works. There's over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. Um, and it's like an auction, but every item starts at $0, and it only goes up by one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts um, after 10 seconds. So basically that means every time you bid, everybody else has 10 seconds to answer. And if they don't, then it's yours. So here's what you need to do. If you want to go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering my listeners an extra 100 free bids. It's free. 100 free bids if you want to check it out upon signing on top of their other discounts. So go to DillDash.com and use the offer code RUSH, R-U-S-H, um, or you can go to DillDash.fm slash Rush. And again, it you get 100 free bids. So head over there, check it out. Really do appreciate them supporting the podcast. Just want to say thank you again. That's dildash.com. Promo code R-U-S-H. All right, let's talk a little bit about 2019, uh, 2020 season. You know, the previous episode, we went through all of the offensive ranks and statistical kind of deep dive, whatever else. We're going to do that now for the defense. So I know we're already, what, 27 minutes in. I don't care. I want to talk football. Um, I don't know how long we're going to have football uh, this year. I really hope it lasts forever and we finish the season and the Super Bowl and all those things. But I'm not going to lie a little hesitant. So let's just enjoy this and let's keep it rolling. Now, 
if you look back to what 2018 was, it was trash. <laughs> the 49ers break the record for fewest turnovers, fewest interceptions. It just was bad. And then you jump to 2019. Talk about night and day. Um, the overall architectural design for this defense, it made sense. Elite pass rush and allow everything to trickle down from there. Um, and you want to talk front seven, nobody in the NFL has a better front seven than the 49ers, and it's not close. It's not close. You want to talk defensive line, 49ers have the best D-line, the most depth at defensive line. Maybe the Redskins are in the conversation, but Chase Young hasn't done anything yet. Maybe he goes out and puts up a season like Nick Bosa or better than Nick Bosa. It's possible. Um, but with what they have done, it's worked flawlessly. Okay, so let's go through some numbers. Let's let's nerd out here. Let's put on our geek goggles. Here we go. Defensive ranks, okay, and this is for the 2019-2020 season. Eighth in points allowed. Uh, they allowed 310 total points during the regular season or 19 points a game. And whenever you step back and look at what they were doing with the offense, the offense averaged 29 points a game. Defense uh, averaged 19. So that's a 10-point differential week in to week out. Now, you had some blowouts there with the Browns and the Panthers and a couple other teams, but they were consistent with it. You know, Yards allowed, second in the NFL. Second, they allowed 281 yards per game over the regular season. Very impressive. Six most turnovers forced with 27. Again, go back to 2018. They only forced seven. So you go from seven to 27. That's huge. Uh, turnovers are a hard thing to replicate unless they're based off of pressure. <laughs> uh, interceptions are almost impossible to replicate. But whenever you're on pressure-based, that's different, okay? Because whenever you first force quarterbacks to get rid of the ball early in a panic state or while they're getting hit, that's when ducks happen. They float the ball. They don't throw it off their, you know, they throw it off their back foot. Things like that happen. Uh, third fewest first downs allowed, only 17 a game. Usually teams want to get to 22. That's kind of the marker there for average. Uh, above 22 first downs is huge. 17 a game is amazing. First fewest passing yards. First, fewest passing yards. Whenever you get into arguments with people on Twitter or at the water cooler or at work, whatever, they say, oh, the Patriots had the best defense, and that's fine. You can make that argument. Uh, Patriots were awesome last year. What they did was great defensively. But here's the deal. They get credit for having the best secondary you know, in the NFL. And that's fine if you wanted to say that last year. I don't think you could say that in 2020. Uh, almost the entire starting everybody has opted out besides Stephen Gilmore. I think the McCourty brothers are next, actually. Um, but anyway, first fewest passing yards allowed. They only allowed 169 passing yards per game. If a quarterback goes out there and throws for 169 yards a game, everybody thinks that quarterback sucks. <laughs> Quarterbacks suck versus the 49ers defense. And you could even go through the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes got his rear end beat for three and a half quarters and then turned it on at the end. Um, the depth, you know, we lost the depth. Players got tired, whatever else. You got to give it to them as well. But th the ceiling of this defense, it's stupid. Uh, it's just stupid. 13 13th in passing touchdowns allowed, 1.4 a game. 17th in interceptions, only 12. That number could go up. And I think if you want to talk about flaws with this defense, it's the fact that the safety position generates zero turnovers. Uh, they are great tacklers. Uh, Jimmy Ward is amazing in the passing game, but that is the one flaw as you go through these things. First in net yards per pass attempt, only 4.8 yards. It's best in the NFL. 17th in rush yards allowed. So 106 yards per game rushing. Um, and a lot of that is, I don't think the 49ers really care um, that a lot of rushing takes place. They're, they'll allow the small chunks. That's the way this defense is derived. Now, a big issue that they had last year against the rush attack was Sheldon Day being your starting nose. Um, he's gone now. DJ Jones back healthy. You've added more size with Javon Kinlaw, who you know weighs, what, I think 40 pounds more than DeForest Buckner. Um, you know, could weigh more he's lost a lot of weight to get to that number. He's just a bigger-bodied guy. Uh, Julian Taylor coming back, Contavious Street, Kevin Givens. There's a lot more guys on that interior that are healthy now. We'll see how long that lasts. 
Uh, seventh in rushing touchdowns, allowed only 11 on the whole season. 23rd in yards per rush. Now, this is the number. As I was going through this and processing all this stuff, that's awful. <laughs> 23rd in yards per rush allowed, 4.5. Now, we average more than that on offense, which is great, but that's a problem. Now, why is that a problem? One, missed tackles, which you know were a problem early on. Everybody got better, but also, again, that nose tackle position, that is huge. You want to know why they were comfortable trading DeForest Buckner for a first and then spending it on the same position right there. DeForest Buckner is a finesse defensive tackle, and I don't mean that in a negative way. DeForest Buckner, you look at his highlights, his best moves are swim moves, lateral stunts, and moving side to side. That's why he's a dancing bear, okay? Javon Kinlaw is not a dancing bear. He is a bulldozer. He goes straight through your soul. <laughs> there's a big difference. There's power three techs. There's finesse three techs. Now, you combine the fact that you had a finesse three tech, DeForest Buckner, who was great versus the run, but you put next to him Sheldon Day, a below average, talented defensive tackle, that created a really large um, gap through either one of the um, A gaps, and that's a problem. Uh, and so the defensive philosophy, again, you, you talk about numbers that are problematic, okay? 17th in interceptions, that could be better. 23rd in yards per rush, that could be better. The personnel decisions that are make that, that have been made and continue to make, I think, will help address those things. I expect that number to go down big time, especially with Dre Greenlaw, uh, you know, the missed tackles from Quan Alexander, who I think is amazing in the passing game, but, man, those missed tackles, they hurt you. Third best in the NFL in drives resulting in points. 29% of defensive drives scored. That's it. Less than 30%. That's amazing. Second best in third down stops. 33% um, were, the, were the conversion rate against the 49ers. So one-third, exactly, 33.3 uh, repeating, one-third actually got a first down. That's awesome. That, that's incredible. Second best. Second best and fourth down stops. 32% resulted in first down. And then 22nd in red zone stops. That's a problem. So there's three core areas that bother me. I want more interceptions. I want better stops running up the middle. And then you got to get off the field in red zone. Um, field goals are okay. Touchdowns aren't. 60% uh, of red zone trips versus the 49ers defense resulted in touchdown. That's trash. Make plays when it counts. Um, make plays when it counts. That's all there is to it. And it's something that just hasn't happened, and, and so that bothers me. Um, now, before we jump into our defensive battles, battles, one more quick word from our sponsor here, and then we'll jump into some actual players that I want to see get more playing time. And a couple of these might surprise you guys. Hey guys, sports are coming back. This is great news. And so are your chances to bet on some of your favorite sports teams and events. So Major League Baseball, it's finally kicking off. It's going well. There's no place better um, to start your wagering experience with our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. So check out all the odds, futures, props. They've got everything. And it's open 24-7. So head over there, betonline.ag. And here's the deal. With the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, Reynolds, Robert Horry, um, to see what it would be like to play without fans. And this new series is called Fandemic, if you want to check that out. Uh, but again, visit betonline.ag. All your odds are up to date and with new sporting news, all kinds of new additions that they put on over there. So remember when you do sign up to use promo code BLUEWIRE. And here's the deal. Once you sign up using BLUEWIRE, one word, you get a welcome bonus. So that's promo code BLUEWIRE, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Thank you for your support of the show. All right, baby, let's do this. All right, let's go over some defensive battles that I think are going to play out. Now, the first one, I'm going to start mild, then I'm going to get a little spicy, okay? Uh, the first one's the second cornerback position, okay? Richard Sherman starting period, um, you know, coming off an of all-pro season, amazing. What he did in the playoffs, Super Bowl, all those, he did great. Uh, the one play against Sammy Watkins, not so much, but whatever. Mostly, it's his job. Okay, Mosley is coming in, and he's going to have the job. The problem is this. Akella Witherspoon has a higher ceiling. 
That's period. There's no doubt about it. You're talking about a 5'11 undrafted free agent that's an undersized corner who I love versus a 6'3 prototypical size, speed, height, weight, everything corner. Akello's got it on paper, and he's a hell of a practicer. What does he do when the lights are on? This has been the problem. When Akello is, you know, (laughs) not injured and confident early in the season, Akello was playing on par with Richard Sherman through the first three weeks of the season. He was playing great. Uh, Then he got banged up, and he never came back uh, to himself. We saw this two years in a row. Contract season. Now, is Akello going to be brought back for the long term? Probably not. He's playing for a contract somewhere else. Mosley's going to get the starting job, but they're going to compete. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is who's going to be the first corner off the field if Sherman or Mosley's not out there? I think it's Akello Worthy. I think Tim Harris is going to take Akello's spot as that backup spot. Now, again, Akello's going to get the job first, okay? But I'm telling you right now, Tim Harris, uh, I, I, I've saved the receipts, baby. I, I've, I, put, I put this out there on Twitter talking about how a big reason why the 49ers have not gone out and shelled out money and extensions at the secondary corner position. They believe in Tim Harris, and he's cheap as hell. Um, so I, I'm just telling you right now, Tim Harris is going to be getting some play time this year. Um, I hope he stays healthy because I'm excited. I really do think that his ceiling is really, really, really high. He's had time to develop. He's healthy finally. I'm telling you, Tim Harris, baby, uh, lock it up. He, he's got the Chapman seal of approval. I'm not sure that's worth anything, but whatever. Now, will linebacker spot, okay? You have your Mike. Um, it, let, let's throw Will out there because that confuses people. Nickel, you run a 4-2, okay, a 4-2-5. So you have four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. The 49ers are in nickel defense about 70% of the time. It increased last year as the, the NFL is using you know, more speedsters and whatever else. Who's going to be that number two back? Now, if you go back to the Super Bowl, Fred Warner's the Mike, period. That's just who he's calling the defense. There's no questions about that. Drake Greenlaw took that spot from Quan Alexander. When Quan got injured with the torn pec on Halloween, Drake Greenlaw t- stepped in and never looked back. Drake Greenlaw is my man. <laughs> um, I, I think that he could be the best linebacker on this team. I think that he has a higher ceiling than Fred Warner, even though I think Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL right now. Drake Greenlaw could be better. He's not there yet. But his instincts and his anticipation and the way he reads routes is impressive, impressive. So start of the year, I think Quan Alexander is going to be the third linebacker. But... You won't be surprised if Quan overtakes him for that number two spot. He's that good. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, man, why don't we just cut Quan because of all the money and all that stuff? You're going to be so happy you have these three guys. Because if one of them goes down, you're just fine. And the depth behind them is actually pretty solid as well. You know, who's going to be that very first linebacker to step up? You got Aziz. You got... uh, Fouls fan again. You've got lots of guys that could step up. You got some rookies that I'm pretty excited about too. So linebacking, so much depth there, and especially with those top three guys. But again, I think the battle is going to be Dre Greenlaw, Quan Alexander. I want to see that. Um, I think it's going to be Greenlaw's job to lose, and I don't think he looks back. Now that second safety spot, I think Jimmy Ward is 100% the top safety on this team. I don't think there's any question there. But with the changing of our defensive concepts, you know, we went from a traditional cover three with a single high safety to much more of a two safety look, and they'd rotate uh, at the snap or pre-snap. And so those safety spots are kind of interchangeable. And we saw this last year, too, uh, with Marcel Harris and Tarvarius Moore. There were plays where Marcel Harris was the single high <laughs> and Jimmy Ward was down in the box and vice versa. Um, Both of those guys saw snaps, Tarvarius Moore, Marcel Harris did. And so you've got four starters starter quality players, and I consider Marcel Harris that. Yeah, he made some big mess-ups, but Marcel Harris made just as many plays, if not more plays, than Tart did. And no doubt, Tarvarius Moore made way more. Now, I like Chukwaski Tart. I think that he is a good player, but the upside is beyond limited with him. Um, He is, how do I say this? He's a liability in the run game on the perimeter. 
He's great in the run game if it's between the tackles. When he's the force edge play, he blows contain way too often. Um, I want Tarvarius Moore to get more snaps. And, and not just in dime. I want Tarvarius Moore and Jimmy Ward to be the starting safeties. Now, I don't want Tart out of the rotation completely, but I'm telling you right now, Tarvarius Moore is the better player. He has the higher ceiling. Does he make more mistakes? Yes, and that's a problem at the safety position. But I want <laughs> I want interceptions. I want plays on the ball. I want passes defensed, and I think that Tarvarius Moore brings that. So I, I, I know I've been calling for this, and we'll see what happens. They don't like to rotate back there, but I want more in there. I, I really, really do. In ideal situation, more would be the free safety, and I put Jimmy Ward down in the box. That's what I would do um, as as the second safety. Now, defensive line, I want to spend some time here because the 49ers have the deepest defensive line. It's crazy. You know, if we just focus in the edge position, okay, Bosa's one. Armstead's two, Ford's three, Ronald Blair is four. That's four defensive ends that are just great. Ronald Blair would start on 25 teams in the NFL. This year, not in the future, that's how good he is. Now, he didn't want to go sign a deal because he hasn't shown his potential consistently. He got injured at the height of his, his best game was against Russell Wilson where he's freaking running around and chasing them down, and that's when he tore his ACL. Now, if you look at the interior, Ken Laws, he's going to be a starter day one, period. DJ Jones, who's now healthy, he's going to be the first man up. But what happens after DJ Jones? And I saw this question in the comments, uh, which I'm going to get to in a second. Uh, so if you have any questions in the comments, uh, just put at John and then type your question there. I've seen about five or six, so I'll get to those. What role does Solomon Thomas have long-term? He's a situational pass rusher at best. And it I do think that there is a possibility he could get phased out of the second rotation. Um, you know, I think right now you've got Bosa Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Eric Armstead. That's your starting base defense. Passing downs. DJ comes out. D Ford comes in. Armstead slimes down. Okay, now Ken Law, you're going to have to keep a little bit on a snap count just because he's a rookie and he's an oversized guy. So you bring in guys like Kevin Givens, Julian Taylor. I think I wish I could put a huge asterisk next to Julian Taylor. This is a guy that this franchise has had a plan for for two solid years. They parked him. They parked him on the inactive list because they knew somebody would take him. You go back to what he did at Temple. This guy, he can play every spot on the D-line. He can do it all. He's Eric armstead light. Okay, He's Ronald Blair-esque. This guy is going to make a play for starting snaps once he's healthy. Now, with his injury, probably not going to be back. He's probably going to be a pup candidate. But I'm telling you right now, Julian Taylor is going to be a starter eventually. Whether he beats DJ Jones or they share or whatever, Julian Taylor, get ready to that name. Contavious Street, Kevin Givens. I prefer all of these players way over Solomon Thomas. Uh, he's just too much of a liability. Um, and, you know, you could talk about the run game. You can talk about a lack of pressures, lack of sacks. I want to talk about all of the penalties. He's got twice as many penalties as he has sacks. Um, I like Solomon Thomas as a guy. He's amazing. I support his cause, and I will support him even if he's not a 49er. He has not proved it on the field whatsoever. He can't rush from the outside. We talked about how the 49ers coaching staff kind of took away the first year and a half of his career by misplaying him out of position. Then they moved him inside, and it's almost like it was too late. Um, just hasn't worked for him. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure where he could be successful, but I don't think it's going to be here. Um, this would be the last year for Solomon. I hope he goes crazy and earns a huge deal. And I hope he gets 10 sacks this year. And I can say I was 100% wrong. Be totally happy with that. Fortunately, I just don't see it happening. Um, I hope it happens, but I just I doubt it's going to happen. Now, let's go through just a couple quick questions that you guys have. Um, you know, hey, uh, from Jason on Hot Mike, no chance the Reed sign impacts Kittle deal. No, they're not related whatsoever. Kyle Shanahan always wants six tight ends. Um, he always wants more tight ends. It's just what it is. 
Um, so yeah, if Kittle Kittle's not holding out, you can't hold out in today's NFL with the new CBA. You can't. So people that are talking about hold out, you can't do it. You lose like $40,000 a day and you don't get the accrued season. That's number one. So if you go back to Le'Veon Bell holding out, right? I'm not signing this franchise tag. Screw it. I'm just sitting out for a year. Then the year processes and he gets assigned with another team. That doesn't happen. So if George Kittle held out, which he won't, he's already said he's not going to, he's already reported for camp, he's not holding out, what would happen is he would still be under contract for the same terms for next year. He's not holding out, okay? I'm, I'm telling you right now. It's not happening. Um, he's staying around. Uh, real quick, uh, now this is a question that I think you could make the argument for, and this is uh, in Niner Drag on Hot Mike. He says, uh, does the signing of Reed also mean they don't have any confidence in the other Young's tight ends on the roster? No. What it does say is none of the young tight ends on the roster provide the receiving element that they wanted. There's a reason why they went after Austin Hooper. They wanted him bad. Um, David and Joku would be ideal. I would love for them to go get him, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. They don't, you know, again, you, you look at these guys like Chase Warner, you look at Ross Dwelly. Um, it's just, those are the two guys that are going to be playing, getting lots of playing time. They don't have the receiving option. Jordan Reed gives you that. And so that, that's what it's going to be. Um, now real quick, just a couple other things. Uh, Dwayne, he says, Jordan Reed signing is perfect. I agree 100%, man. I'm going to try and double Kittle. Reed should have a good season if he stays healthy. And I, I don't think Reed has to do much. Man, if Reed got 10 snaps a game, just every third down, you put him out there. Hell yeah. Um, you gotta love that. You gotta love that. Um, real quick, another question, John. Do you think Moore is a better fit and more aggressive ball hawk uh, defense, or the with the new? Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, what do you prioritize on the back end? If it's short tackling, Jimmy Ward's the ideal prototypical safety that you want, and I'm fine with that. I, I don't care if Jimmy Ward's the safety for the long term, the rest of his career. You know, I love the deal that he got. It was very team-friendly. It wasn't too bad. Um, but I want playmakers. <laughs> I want playmakers at, at Earl Thomas and whatever. People I might not like Earl Thomas. He's got a lot of what crazy stuff going on in his life. When he was at the pinnacle of his career, you go back to Seattle defense. Richard Sherman was impressive. Cam Chancellor was impressive. The reason that defense was what it was, was Earl Thomas in pass rush. Sherman's great. Great. Cam Chancellor's great. Sherman, uh, Earl Thomas, pass rush. That's what made that defense what it was. And you could throw in linebackers. You built it up through the middle. That's the cover three system. And so that is what I'm trying to establish and or build. Um, that's my philosophy. That's just what I want. Now, it could be quite different, and you know, perhaps the 49ers just don't really care about those things, but that's what it is. Um, let's see here from Leo on YouTube. How do you feel about two nice tight ends on the team? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Reed's out there because of the injuries, uh, and that's scary. That's on him. He's decided to take this risk, and I hope he stays healthy. But there's not a team with two better receiving tight ends. You can talk about Gronk and O.J. Howard. But I would prefer Kittle and Jordan Reed. I think O.J. Howard is a much better player than Jordan Reed is, but probably not in the receiving option. Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot of depth there. I, I really do like that. Uh, from Nick, have the Seahawks and Cardinals added enough to win the NFC West? I think the Seahawks were always on par. You know, you look back at the two games last year, those are a coin flip. You know, one of them goes to overtime. And the other one goes to the one-inch line. The Seahawks are there with Russell Wilson, period. Uh, now, I do think the Seahawks, before the trade, got worse. Uh, before they got Jamal Adams, I was going to say they took a step back or at least stayed stagnant. Jamal Adams is huge. Cardinals definitely closing the gap. They're going to be competitive. Rams, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, the Rams are, I think they're done. Um, I just think the time, I think they're going to be a 7-9 and nine team, 9-7 and seven team, for five years, and that's it. Can they win the NFC West, Seahawks, or Cardinals? Yeah. Do they, are they a better team than the 49ers? No. Um, but football has a weird way of things not always going the way you planned. Um, 
we'll have to see what happens. Again, I think the 49ers have the deepest roster in the NFL. Uh, the Saints, I think, are the only team that can even get close to that. Uh, from Nick, what is your biggest concern for the 49ers right now? My biggest concern is inexperience at the wide receiver position um, with Debo out. I do not like our wide receivers early on in the season. Now, the good thing is you have the Cardinals, the Jets, the Giants. So you've got three weeks of relatively easy secondary matchups, uh, which I'm okay with. You know, that's great. Do I want Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne? Out there as my starters, week one, no, that's not ideal. I love Brandon Ayuk, but I don't like rookie wide receivers, especially with a shortened training camp and no rookie mini camp and none of those things. That makes it awful. No OTAs. Like, good Lord. Like, we're just putting so many hindrances on this guy already. And wide receivers, such a difficult transition as rookie anyway. So early on, it's definitely the wide receiver position. I don't, I don't think there's any debate on that. Um, after that, I think the center position is probably the next biggest concern because Western Richburg hasn't been healthy since he's come along. Ben Garland's going to be 32-33 this year. Uh, perhaps Daniel Brunskill can take over there. The center position bothers me. So that's where I would say, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of scared about this one. So uh, when do you think we'll know if Jalen Hurd is ready to play this season? Yeah, they didn't put him on the pup. He's completely cleared. All physical everything. Now, I don't think that they're going to rush him back into full contact, which they can't with the acclimation period anyway. So I I think Jalen Hurts, he's a go. I think he's a green light. Um, we're not going to know much about anybody because there's no preseason games. <laughs> there, there's no anything. But I'm pretty excited about him, uh, excited for what he can bring. Uh, man, Mr. Superfly, I love this question. Are you going to be doing a film breakdown on Jordan Reed just to see what uh, he's got left in the tank at 30. He hasn't played in a year. His highlights are awesome. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I love it. I tell you what, Mr. Superfly, uh, you've been listening for a long time, and I really appreciate that. I will put one of those up on Patreon.com. I'll get started on some film work in the next day or two. I still got two more Jimmy Garoppolo film sessions I got to do that I've already captured all the film for third and long. But, uh, yeah, I'll add it to the list, and I'll get it done. So uh, for the Patreon supporters, just want to say thank you. Um, man, I can't believe the overwhelming support from you guys. Everything you guys do and give to that uh, for the 49ers Rush podcast goes right back to the podcast. And spoiler alert for those still listening, 55 minutes in. I haven't announced this yet, um, but I've been working with the production team and have been working for three and a half months now on creating a uh, Niners documentary. So our first scheduled release is coming soon. We're still working on some of the final touches, but we're talking about months and months of interviews and film work and all these things that have been taking place all summer. Uh, so uh, if you want to take a look at it, head over to this. Y'all the first, I, I wasn't even supposed to say this yet. I'm going to probably get in trouble. That's okay. Head over to the quest for six.com. You can check out the trailer there. The quest for six.com. Um, and you can check it out. Super excited for what's coming your way. We're just getting started. Uh, 49ers rush podcast. We got you covered, baby. We got you covered. Um, let's see here. Uh, at home, dude, I haven't even read this, but it looks awful. Now we need that Chapman Niner rush shirt with your face and choo choo on it. That's right, baby. Choo choo, choo choo, baby. That's the Jalen Hurd train. I am driving that thing. There are no stops. It only goes ahead and it just scores touchdowns. That's all that it is. So just want to say thank you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this hour-long show uh, to kick off training camp. A lot more stuff coming your way. As always, hit me up on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman. That is where I'm most uh, active. If you want the film breakdowns, head over to patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast, and you can subscribe there for $8 a month. And I think we have over 100 breakdowns now. Uh, I mean, so much time. If you just got to have football, that's the place to go. Uh, all Niners content, all for you guys so thank you appreciate it we'll be back soon and uh, another patreon breakdown coming out soon of jimmy garoppolo in the next two days so keep a lookout for that appreciate all the support and as always stay strong faithful
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.